0: Welcome. This is Jeff Cohn with The Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Jürgen Stark. And Jürgen is the CEO of Turtle Beach Corp. For those not familiar with Turtle Beach, uh, Jürgen, can you tell us a little bit about the company?
1: Sure. We're the uh, industry leader in headsets for Xbox and PlayStation, what we call console gaming headsets have been leading that market for more than 10 years with over 40% market share, more share than the next three competitors combined. And uh, we've just recently acquired a company and moved into uh, the PC gaming keyboard and mouse segment. Uh, and overall stats were about a $250 million biz, $240 million business, uh, $25 million of EBITDA roughly, and uh, $20 million of free cash flow, roughly, and a, a clean balance sheet with no debt.
0: Okay. Okay. And so, so you, you, one of your, your main products is a headset. And, and I was just wondering, how does that differ from uh, one you'd use to listen to the stereo, and, and can those people compete with you uh, as well? Sure. So we, we don't compete against
1: music headphones, uh, gamers prefer to have, uh, you know, specific gaming headphones. Those gaming headphones, whether they're for PC or for consoles, have first of all a very good mic, and uh, and that's important because gaming headphones are used for gamers to communicate with each other as well as just more immersively in uh, hearing the gaming audio. Uh, in addition, uh, gaming headphones have, particularly for our gaming headphones, have unique features that enhance the gaming experience uh, one just a quick example is a feature that, that we uniquely have called Superhuman Hearing that makes soft sounds louder without making loud sounds louder so gamers can turn it on and hear footsteps and twigs breaking and, and literally hear their competitors better than their competitors can hear them. And then finally, the, the mid and higher tier gaming headphones can often have some unique connectivity
0: to the, uh, the Xbox and PlayStation, which music headphones wouldn't have very good and so so who do you compete with then and and, uh, and and where are you it sounds like you're the largest player is that correct yes
1: we we've had over 40% market share for over 10 years now uh, uh we compete uh, against uh, a number of other players uh in the council gaming headset market and we do have more share than the the next three competitors combined so we're our, le- our lead is quite far uh, we do that by the way, uh, you know typical next question by delivering high quality uh, gaming headsets uh, for every uh, tier of players, so from entry level all the way to professional. And typically, our headsets, uh, they're always high-quality, meaning high-quality audio, high-quality mic, high build quality. Those are the three key elements that gamers look for. But then we also have uh, uh, features and capabilities that competitors often don't have. And many of those are uh, are patented. We have over 90 patents uh, in the gaming headset portfolio.
0: Okay. And then gaming overall, is it a growing market or is it just hits-based?
1: Uh, gaming is a growing market. Obviously, gaming software portion of the market uh, can go up and down as, as major game titles get launched. But the market we play in for gaming accessories, in, including the PC accessories, headsets, keyboards, and mice for gamers, which by the way are also unique and highly tailored to gaming. So don't think about your desktop Keyboard and mouse, these are gaming keyboards and mouse that those markets are have been growing they continue to grow. if you look at like the new zoo estimates, that's a, a research company that reports on, on the gaming market. Uh, council gaming headsets, PC gaming headsets, PC gaming keyboards, PC gaming mice are projected to grow at about an 18 percent annual growth rate over the next uh, few years so through 2021. Just to give a okay. specific example,
0: and there were some big hits like like Fortnite that drew a lot of people uh, into gaming. Um, you know, are they are they staying with it?
1: That's a great question, and, and obviously had a big Fortnite as as the biggest battle royale game had a huge impact on the gaming industry in 2018. A huge impact on us as well. Uh, it it drew in millions of new gamers and millions of new headset users. So just to give some specific numbers, uh, U.S. Uh, sales of console gaming headsets were about 9 million in 2017. That jumped to 14.7 million in 2018. And the 9 would have grown somewhat on its own, but, but uh, you a know, fair estimate would be Uh, Fortnite in particular and the Battle Royale games that launched in 2018 drew about 5 million more gaming headset users, console gaming headset users into the market last year. And obviously that that drove uh, the market to grow uh, over 70% last year. Our revenues grew over 93% last year because we also took some market share. Uh, growing actually to 46% last year. And the key question, obviously, going forward, uh, last year was will they continue to game and will they, uh, update, upgrade, and replace their headsets over time? And our, uh, survey data that we conducted multiple times last year and early this year, uh, confirmed the fact that they are, that these new gamers are indeed staying as gamers. Obviously, some, drop out and some new ones enter like the core gaming market does. But these new gamers continue to game. Uh, They are actually replacing and upgrading headsets at the same rough rate as the average for console gaming headset users, which is about 24 months, uh, with heavily front-loaded by the way, so you can easily have gamers uh, step up to a a higher level headset within 3 months or 6 months or 9 months. Uh, so they're replacing and upgrading their headsets, which is why the market in 2019 is, while it's down from 2018, because the market is missing this kind of first-time buyer effect of last year, the market is significantly, you know, 30-plus percent higher than it was in 2017. And, and our strong belief last year, and we continue to believe this, is that... Uh, Battle Royale in addition to creating the 2018 effect has has uh, created a step function increase significant in the size of the Council Gaming headset user base and given that every year the majority of revenues the majority of headset sales are actually from installed base users who are upgrading or replacing headsets uh, that increase in the install base should should kind of re- reset the market at a higher level, as we've seen uh, has happened this year.
0: And, and you're also going after another vertical. You're going after uh, PC based games. How, how uh, games? I assume, right? Uh, not
1: games. So so again, our kind of our historic market has been console gaming headsets, headsets for Xbox and PlayStation, and now Nintendo over the last uh, year or so. We purchased a company, acquired a company called Rocket, uh, who uh, is a Hamburg-based company, kind of German engineering, German design, and specializes in gaming keyboards and mice. They do have some gaming headsets, but obviously we know how to do headsets very well from our core business. Um, That was a, a, a significant move for us because uh, the market we've been in is about 1.4 billion council gaming headsets. The PC gaming headsets, keyboards, and mice add an additional 2.8 billion of market for us to go after. Of course, we have a dominant share in council headsets. We have very low share, uh, even with the Rocket acquisition, in PC gaming uh, headsets, mice, and keyboards. So there's a lot of growth opportunity there. Uh, and while Rocket is is small... Uh, and they were primarily focused on Germany, they actually have a great portfolio of products that include some of the best-selling keyboards and mice in their German core market that we can now take into the additional markets using the Turtle Beach distribution and our strong relationships with gaming retailers in North America and uh, Europe. So we we see that as a a big strategic move, uh, and uh, we've got a target to grow $100 million of incremental Revenue in the PC category in the
0: coming years, okay, and then what countries are are you selling into
1: so our our core business is in North America and Europe, and kind of all the countries covered there uh, you know the North American market is about seventy percent of revenues historically and about thirty percent international um, Rocket does have a presence, and by the way, that, that represents, those geographies represent about two-thirds of the global gaming market, give or take. Uh, and console, Xbox, PlayStation, is heavily based in North American Europe. PC, on the other hand, there's a large PC accessory market uh, in Asia. And Rocket actually had the start of a good footprint in Asia, particularly in Korea, that we are now also pursuing. So in addition to being able to grow in PC gaming accessories in our core North American and European markets, uh, we're able to now leverage the presence that Rocket and that brand has. As, at a start, it's small, but uh, able to leverage that presence in Asia for the entire combined Turtle Beach business.
0: And are you manufacturing in, in Asia, and is it your own manufacturing or is that outsourced?
1: No, we we do manufacture in Asia. I have have three longstanding partnerships uh, with manufacturers there. And tariffs is that a concern? Uh, tariffs are a concern. We we've managed to mitigate most of the impact for this year, um, and we will have non-China manufacturing coming online for uh, starting in Q2. Of twenty twenty and then um, we will push more of the portfolio through that based on what we see happening with the tariffs that the diversification of our supply chain is something that we started uh, back in in twenty eighteen actually independent of the tariffs, and so that 's serving us well now in terms of having us be reasonably well prepared for whatever might happen with the tariffs
0: okay, and then profit margins where are you now and in- and where should they be if we look out a couple of years?
1: Sure, so so um, this year, if you look at the midpoint of our guidance, uh, that's 239 million of net revenue and 24 million of EBITDA. We're at about 10% EBITDA margin. And uh, that is in the range where we like to be and including making some investments in the business as we are this year with, uh, with the rocket acquisition, et cetera. Um, last, it, that that EBITDA margin can increase significantly with revenue. So just as an example, in 2018, we did about uh, $287 million in net revenue and over $57 million in EBITDA. So that's almost a 20% or about a 20% EBITDA margin. And that just shows the operating leverage for the business when we're able to grow revenues, which, by the way, was a key driver of our – uh, strategic acquisition of Rocket to, to drive uh, revenue growth in the future, with a target in, uh, for us longer term to create um, 10 to 20% revenue growth and uh, 15 to 20, uh, 15 to 30%
0: EBITDA growth, reflecting the operating leverage. Okay. And then what channels are you selling into?
1: Uh, we sell through all the gaming uh, retailers. Um, So, and and one thing that surprises many investors is for console gaming headsets, the business is about 80% brick and mortar and 20% online. Online does well. We do well online, of course, Um, but users like to touch and feel and try on headsets and so it probably has more of a of a in-store sales component than uh, many people might expect and obviously we we have exceptionally strong partnerships with all the major retailers Walmart, Target, Best Buy, GameStop, Amazon and and retailers like that globally um, and uh, given that we're one of the, the key profit producers in the gaming section, given our strong market position in council headsets, we have a strong relationship with them
0: and, and have had that for many, many years. So, so you mentioned some nice guidance numbers uh, for growth. Is, is that going to be uh, organic or, or with what you have now or by acquisition? Sure, so I
1: mentioned I wouldn't call it guidance, I would call it our long-term internal targets, uh, 10 to 20 percent revenue growth, mid-30s gross margin, 15 to 30 percent EBITDA growth. And for us that, that you know, may well be a combination over time. The Rocket acquisition filled in uh, a key piece that we were actively looking for. We had a PC accessory strategy that was organic, but it would have taken us uh, probably three to four years to build out the skill set and the team and the capabilities required to really deliver great gaming keyboards and mice. That skill set is obviously different than our core skills in the headset. So the Rocket acquisition accelerated that significantly and uh, fills in a key piece of, uh, of ability to drive that growth long-term. So while there's nothing that, we're, we're, that we need in the portfolio right now, we will continue to always evaluate possibilities to accelerate long-term growth, both by making the right organic investments as well as looking at opportunistic M&A over time.
0: Okay. Uh, any uh, key drivers or catalysts? I hear a lot about eSports e- these days. Is, is that a big part of it? Uh,
1: esports is is just a terrific part of our our industry. Uh, almost 200 million esports fans in North America and Europe, and uh, it's a key part of what drives the excitement and the growth in gaming. Gaming uh, overall is for two years in a row the highest growth consumer retail segment tracked by NPD, and esports is helping that because when gamers aren't Playing games their, themselves, they're watching people game. They're participating in these tournaments. So, so we're, we're really enthusiastic about esports. We partner with some of the leading teams. We partner with many of the influencers who, who these gamers are watching. And so, while esports in and of itself is not, you know, we're not selling a lot of gaming gear into the professional esports. Just like uh, you know, Callaway wouldn't sell a lot of golf clubs. Into pro golfers, it is a key driver of marketing and interest in the segment that that we're, we're very uh,
0: very bullish on. Okay, uh, so so I, I see that the balance sheet looks pretty decent, and I haven't seen, unless I missed it, any big uh, equity offering. Uh, what's going on there?
1: Well, that was that was many years of hard work
0: uh, to to improve the balance sheet.
1: Um, you know, back as little as two years ago, we had pretty significant challenges with with covenants and with a high debt load that I inherited when I took over as CEO in 2012. And we we basically solved the the covenant issues and the kind of the the, the looming default risks back already in Q1 of 2018, as well as getting rid of a, a series B preferred note uh worth over 19 million at a at a very good discount. So uh, significant improvements already at the beginning of last year which drove uh you know a, a pretty large uptick in the value of the stock, of course, because we've always had a good underlying core business. We've just had, uh, had some, some issues on the balance sheet. So those got largely improved significantly at, in Q1 of last year. And then with really strong execution by the team here to stay in stock and respond to you know what, was, what ended up being a 93% growth in our, in our top line last year, which when you're in a hardware business is not an easy thing to respond to and stay in stock, but we really did a good job with that. Um, we delivered over $57 million of EBITDA last year and about $50 million of, of free cash flow. And so we used that actually. We exited 2018 with no long-term debt. And, uh, and now we bought Rocket with cash as well. And so the only the debt you'll see in the in the balance sheet is a working capital line, which tends to to max out in late q three early q four That's a kind of a normal part of working capital for the seasonal holiday business uh in gaming uh, but that line will typically be zero or near zero. Uh, later in uh, in q1 so we're, we're we're very pleased after a lot of hard work to have a clean strong balance sheet in fact uh, and even have had the opportunity to buy uh, make an acquisition with cash and announce a share buyback that we did uh, a few quarters ago uh, to allow us to take an opportunity uh, uh, when it's prudent to do so to buy back some shares which we've already uh, started doing over the last couple quarters Nice.
0: So so rocket is that going to be a tailwind for you or is it too soon or or what other tailwinds might you have? No, rocket is is going to be a tailwind. We expect good growth. We've seen good growth
1: even 6 months after the acquisition in our combined PC business. Uh, and we would expect continued gr- strong growth in that segment for us next year. Of course, that's the smaller part of our business. By far the larger part of our business is console gaming headsets. And there's a nice tailwind that we expect to start uh, next year because new Xbox and new PlayStation are launching or are ex- expected to launch uh, just before holiday next year. Both have been announced by, by uh, Microsoft and Sony. And uh, that typically creates stronger-than-normal growth uh, after they launch. So a stronger Q4 next year, and then in particular 2021 and 2022 should show higher growth in console accessories, including our headsets, uh, than, than normal as gamers will tend to want to accessorize with the latest headsets for their new
0: Xbox and new PlayStation okay um that's uh those are some nice uh catalysts coming up any other that come to mind for the next twelve months? Those are probably the main ones uh our p c business
1: the the tailwind from the new council launches next year uh we like where we like where we are We're industry leader by far in council gaming headsets we have executed that business well with strong partnerships with our retail Retailers, and now we've opened ourselves up to to pursue 2.8 billion of new TAM in PC gaming headsets, keyboards, and mice, leveraging all those execution and operational capabilities that we've demonstrated over the years in our core console gaming
0: headset uh, business. Jurgen, anything I uh, failed to ask, or anything you'd like to leave us with? I think that's a I think that's a very
1: good questions and a good summary of the business. Uh, we're we're looking forward to the the coming years here and be able to execute on our long-term plans to create shareholder value.
0: Very good. Sounds like I caught you at a good time. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate the chance to be on your program. Thank you.